welcome in. This is RJ Bell's Dream Preview, the college basketball edition. I am AJ Hoffman. He is Griffin Warner, and this is one of the best weekends of college basketball that we've had so far this season. This is a, a great week in the matchups. We were, as I went through the games to say, okay, what are the, we do four games a week, four biggest games. And I remember on the last pod, we had to uh, dumpster dive and go to Ole Miss in Central Florida as our fourth game. And this week, I left Kentucky UCLA off the list. So that should tell you how good of a card this is because if, if Kentucky and UCLA don't make the cut, you know it's a good weekend of hoops. Are you excited for this weekend, Griff? I am, man. Um, UCF Ole Miss, I'm sure, was beautiful to a lot of Golden Knights or just Knights and uh, and uh, hotty toddy, gosh, reminded who the hell are we people. But, uh, you know, I- I'm looking forward to the season really getting started I feel like at this point we have an idea of who's on each roster and uh, maybe some idea of rotations. Um, didn't have that early in the season, and that's been very helpful. Uh, and coming off a sweep on our best bets. How always, about that? Always feels good, doesn't it? Uh, that's a, that's a, a nice feeling there. Uh, as you Yours was easy, it felt like, and then I... Boy, Lamar came out and they fought their ass off for about the first 10 minutes of that game against Southern Miss. And I was like, what's going on here? And then they, of course, died on the vine. Southern Miss rolled. So uh, always nice coming off another 2-0 and a week. I'm on a four-game four best bet win streak for the pod. Keep it going, So I, I'm going to try to keep it going today. Although when I gave you my pick, you said, ooh, scary. <laughs> I got some always- thoughts. I got some thoughts. Okay, well, let's jump into the games and let's start with Indiana at Kansas. We're going to project Kansas about a five point favorite. Yes. So uh, Indiana, um, they are who we thought they were. I think Um, I had a good best bet winner against them with both Rutgers and Arizona. Um, So I feel like I've been seeing them fairly well recently. And, um, and actually now I think about it, North Carolina as well. So that's three of the last four games I've had as best bets. Um, not really intentionally, but here we are. Um, I think Indiana are a much better team than they've been in the past. I, I really like kind of the growth that I've seen from race Thompson. Um, they, Arizona simply sat in the key and let him shoot threes the entire time. And he was actually pretty efficient. I thought, um, certainly compared to expectations, but, um, Indiana are a team that want to pop, like push the ball inside. They want to use Trace Jackson Davis, which I think is probably a Mike Woodson thing from the NBA. It's not that like hard for me to understand. You literally find where your best player is. And if you have an advantage, exploit that as much as possible. Wouldn't have expected that as much as it really happened against North Carolina at home. Um, but then things didn't go as, as smoothly at, at Rutgers. And then against Arizona, I thought the team played really well, um, but they are just limited. And Arizona is one of the best teams in the world, I think. Um, I guess it only plays in this country, so in the country. But um, I, I think we got a good situation here for Indiana to try to exploit Kansas inside. Kansas is not very big. I feel like the previous years of, of Bill Self, where he had two big guys, now he has none, it feels like. Um, and that's a, a potential weak spot that Indiana might try to exploit. My biggest concern, though, is how Indiana goes into the fog. Um, I don't really think that's a great setup for any team, even professional basketball teams, which Indiana certainly are not one of them. 
Um, I, I guess with NIL, it's a little bit up for debate, <laughs> but um, yeah, I just, I, I don't know that um, a smaller Kansas team is anything worse than they've been in the past. I still feel like they're much better on the wings and in the guard positions, which is the most important thing in this game. So um, I, I think it's going to be a battle of, of small versus tall, potentially, especially lineup wise. I just don't know that Indiana can hang within that number of five. Yeah, I kind of lean to Indiana here. I think we're getting a maybe a good price on them. Uh, obviously, lost two of their last three, so you're you're definitely buying low. But maybe when you look at the rest of their schedule, you could argue it's just proof they're not good enough to hang against you know high end teams, and that's not an unreasonable thing to say. They, like you said, they looked good against Arizona. I mean, I guess they, but they weren't competitive in that game. Uh, and they weren't really competitive at Rutgers, and the, the win over UNC is kind of meh at this point. Like, you're, are you writing home about beating right. North Carolina? I don't know. Uh, so it, it's it's weird. I, and I don't love Kansas's resume either, but it's certainly stronger than Arizona's at the, or than Indiana's at this point. The Tennessee loss looks pretty bad. They again not competitive, but Indiana can't do what Tennessee does. Like nobody can do really what Tennessee does. I think I'm going to end up taking the points here. I think Indiana might have the better offense. They sh- I, I, I kind of like what you said. I, I don't know how Kansas has success inside. I don't know if they'll have any success inside. Uh, and I think Indiana could find some success inside. I, I, it feels like, and this is the other thing, the, Kansas is just such a poor free throw shooting team. If it if it gets down to the wire and you, you, you know, you're talking about a five point spread and Indiana's fighting to stay in the game. I could see Kansas missing some late free throws and letting you kind of backdoor it. So I kind of like Indiana plus five here. Yeah, I will not be backing Indiana. I just feel like what, and maybe they do hang in and and certainly, you know, me, I I do love underdogs probably more than I should. Uh, I'm thinking Kansas is going to play this game as quickly as possible. Whereas IU is going to try to slow it down as much as possible. Usually I kind of defer to the slower of the two teams, but uh, I think going to the fog is going to be a really, really tough time. And this Grady Dick guy can kind of shoot. Yeah, he looks pretty good. All right, uh, let's go to the next game. And honestly, I think this is the most interesting matchup of the weekend for me. I- I'm very excited about Alabama-Gonzaga. And it- it- I still think Gonzaga is going to reach, like, final form late in the season. Like, they'll, you know, I I, I don't know what you want to call it. Like, if they want to... It- What's the the I'm trying to think of something trying younger. to peak peak. They're trying not to peak too. Soon. Yeah, I'm thinking of like a, like reach their Voltron form, but maybe our oh, audience would oh. be more aware. Like they're going to reach Charizard uh, form is. Dang, maybe that, dang. That's, yeah, the holographic, the shiny Pokemon cards. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they're not that now. They're certainly not that now. I think they can be really dangerous, which is kind of the opposite of the typical Gonzaga team that is great early in the season and finds a way to choke it away in the tournament. But right now it feels like it's still drew Timmy. Who's going to have his success. Drew Timmy's like built to be a fantastic college basketball player. He does all the things that you want a guy like, you know, a, a college basketball player to do. And he's really good at him. He's very difficult for any team to handle, but the guys around him and he's had such good supporting cast the last couple of years, whether it was Chet Holmgren or whether it was Jalen Suggs or whatever, it feels like those like that surrounding cast isn't playing to the level we expected right now or the level that we've become accustomed to. And meanwhile, Bama's just going around collecting feathers in their cap. You know, the win over Houston is maybe the best win anybody's had all season, going to Houston and, and getting a win the way they did. 
Uh, they didn't cover against Memphis, but I thought they played really well, survived some adversity. I, I walked away from that going, yeah, it's a good win. And I worry a little about turnover issues. And if you turn the ball over against Gonzaga, historically Gonzaga will run and they'll score easy buckets in transition. But until I see Gonzaga look elite, I'm just going to assume that they're pretty good. And uh, I, I'm not looking to, and this is uh, this is a neutral site, but it's in Birmingham, Alabama. It's this, this isn't a, uh, it's not on campus, but it's basically a, an Alabama home game. So I, I'm going to go with the uh, the tide here if I was forced to pick a game. We're going to make this game about a pick, is what I what I'm projecting. So I when we just behind the scenes, we usually go processes. AJ sends me some games without lines. I throw them back at him what I'd make them, and he tells me what he has them at. I actually made Gonzaga a favorite here, even realizing that it was in Birmingham. I did check that because I was like, Gonzaga, I think you told me, but Gonzaga always plays somewhere. So I checked specifically where it was. Um, I, I just, I'm not really a believer in Gonzaga, I got to say. I feel like the the team that they have been in the past, at least two, maybe three seasons, has been so dominant. I don't think they're that same team now. Um, maybe they get to the uh, Charizard version I think they're more the Charmander version right now as I really go deep into my Pokemon knowledge. I don't know if you had that one in your uh, in your chamber there, AJ. But um, from my perspective, I I still don't believe in the Gonzaga backcourt. And I feel like at this point in our lives, we know who Rasir Bolton is. Um, I think there's some room for Nolan Hickman to grow. and, And I think Mark Few even said on the record, surprisingly, that like he's not there yet. Um, earlier in this season and and probably he has the most growth potential I think within this same season I don't like how Malachi Smith just doesn't seem to play enough Um, I feel like he was an awesome awesome player for Chattanooga I thought Strother was going to be like like this was going to be a breakout year for Julian Strother and he's been fine but he's not what I thought he was going to be. I mean, it still may be we're early in the season and they have a lot of time. Um, I mean, this is the last really big game of their, their season until they get to conference play. Um, And and so there's a lot of time for them to develop, kind of learn what they, their limitations have been each of those players individually. And and maybe they use the, the softer West coast conference to really kind of round it to form. And maybe they do peak uh, in February or March, as opposed to doing it when they, throttle teams like I still remember the the like beatdown they gave Virginia a couple seasons ago and I just uh in in the non-con and then seemed like they were the best team ever and then all of a sudden they still don't have a national championship on their on their uh, mantle which I guess is hard hard to grade them on that but um the way I see Gonzaga is a a backcourt that's not as strong Drew Timmy who just seems to be um, not producing on the same level he was. Maybe he's had a tough start to the year. I can't really explain. Some of it was three free throws on an aircraft carrier, but I just don't think that he's been anywhere near as dominant as he has been in the past. And to me, I feel like if Gonzaga enter into the state of Alabama as what I had was a one-point favorite, you have as Pickham, um, I can only look at Alabama. I, I did watch that Memphis game throughout. I, I was planning to bet Memphis, but I, I unfortunately, I chickened out. Um, and I, I think... From what I have kind of felt with Nate Oates' teams for Alabama so far is that they just they they do a lot of lackadaisical things, and I just feel like they're never really in games throughout the 40 minutes. Usually that happens in the first half, which unfortunately that can get you beat against a really good team like Gonzaga. Uh, but the Zags were also f- like favored in, in all these games, like favored at, against Baylor in, in uh, South Dakota where they really choked it up late. Um, got smashed by Purdue, smashed by Texas. I feel like 
It's just not the same level or quality that we're expecting from Gonzaga. And I got to say, Brandon Miller for Alabama is terrifying. I mean, he is single-handedly has killed me a couple times this year so far, uh, including a really late buzzer beating three in the first half to crush a a first half wager that I did. And I just feel like ever since I've been watching him and, and every time I look at him, he seems like to make he likes to make really big shots or offensive rebound his big shot that he missed and then dunk it right like he did against Memphis. So uh, it's Alabama or nothing for me. All right. Sounds like we agree on that one. Let's now go to Houston at Virginia. This will probably not be real fun if you like offense is my <laughs> guess. I, I I picture this game looking a lot like that Houston Kent State game that finished 49 to 44. That wouldn't shock me. Like, I don't know what number they would post that I'd be like, you know what? I'll, I'll play an over there. Uh, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not sure how, how many points get scored here, but it feels to me like, and we're going to project this line at Virginia minus two. And I think that the, the Alabama loss, especially at home is going to turn some people off of this Houston team. And I still think, this is one of the two or three best teams in the country. Uh, and really, I almost look at Virginia as like an apples-to-apples apples comparison. These two teams have a lot in common. The The big difference is that Virginia has shot the ball really well from outside this year. They are top 20 in three-point percentage. The question is, like, do you think that they're a top 20 three-point shooting team? My thought would be no. So I expect some real regression there particularly against a UH team that allows opponents to shoot sub 24%. They're the third best three-point defense in the country. Uh, they are, in my opinion, may, behind Tennessee, the best defense period in the country. Um, I've been I've been impressed with Virginia. I, I think you have to be. Like the Baylor win, the Illinois win, those were both neutral court games. Uh, but then they went on the road and beat Michigan, which, listen, Michigan's not like a world beater, but it's a solid win. Uh, and it feels like they they look like their old selves. They look like they're going to be in grimy games and they're going to they're gonna eke out a, a bunch of wins like that. I just don't know if you want to, like, I don't see Houston losing too many of these grimy games. It feels like, um, I, I hate to say it like this, but it feels like Virginia is like Walmart, Houston and I I'm going to go with the name brand and go with uh with the Cougars here what are, what are you seeing I don't disagree um I am pretty big in the sell Virginia camp at this point I mean they're only eight games in their season I feel like we need to get plenty more under the belt to really believe this team is a 40 percent shooting three-point team three-point shooting team excuse me um I feel like I, I liked Virginia a lot last year because they, they were undervalued, but they are rated like a pretty much a mid-level ACC team when the ACC was so bad. Uh, I'm never going to believe that Kihei Clark is going to shoot 42% from three for the year. No. Reese Beekman, I don't think he's going to shoot 47%. That's obvious, but I don't even think he's a, a 38% shooter. Um, I think there's huge regression coming. I don't, I know um, it's either Beekman or Franklin have been dealing with an ankle injury. And so I don't know really like the health level for them. I'm trying to think of what type of number I'm, I'm looking for on Houston. I, I feel like um, two is probably pretty fair and might honestly be a little bit short based on the start to the year for Virginia. And that makes me really want to jump on the other side of Houston. Cause I feel like 
Um, this Virginia team, I just, I don't, I'm not that impressed by their big men. I don't feel like they're ever really that um, athletic there. They're big, but I just don't think they're very good. Uh, ben Vanderplas has been um, okay. I kind of had higher expectation for him so far this season, shooting 36% from three, and it's important for them. I just don't know that this team has really, really got any stars. And I feel like Virginia, the best years they had star, I mean, maybe not NBA stars, but like stars for a Tony Bennett team. I don't think they really have that this year. And I just, I don't really know that I believe that the John Paul Jones center arena, whatever it's called is really that scary to go into either. Uh, and I think Houston's probably gonna be pretty pissed going in this one. And I, I mean, what's better than Kelvin Sampson being angry, especially with the the group of, of, of dogs that he brings in with him. So uh, I'm very interested in, in Houston. Bart Torvik has a plus four and a half. So uh, I'm hoping that number climbs from that two that we're putting out there. Um, two is probably a stay away for me, just under a possession. It's a lot to ask for a team to go on the road, but uh, Houston or nothing for me in this one. All right, let's look at our last big game. And this is a, this is two of my favorite teams, honestly, Arizona and Tennessee, Tennessee on the road at Arizona. We're going to go and project this two, maybe three. This is a tough call to make because there it seems like there's some um some some thoughts that Kirk Creesa may not be available for the Wildcats. And I think he's one of the guys who who matters uh to them. Like if if you take him out of their lineup, they they'd look different. Um but this is going to be a real statement game for whoever walks away with a win. Like it feels like this has potential to be like this is certainly the best win the Arizona would have had this season, Tennessee. I mean, I guess you could argue that Kansas is bigger, but I, I think if, if Tennessee wins this game and you look back and you say, okay, they beat Kansas, they beat Maryland, they beat Arizona. I think people will just finally forget about that Colorado loss, which is really the only knock you can have on Tennessee at this point is, Oh, they lost to Colorado. And I was stuck on that for a long time myself. But if you look at, at Tennessee or you, you look at Arizona, they also have a bit of a head scratcher. Like, I don't, I think, and we'll get to Utah here in a bit. I don't think Utah's a bad team, but I don't think that Arizona should be losing by 15 to Utah. And I don't know that, that Arizona should be not running away from Cal, who looks like, you know, they're, they're in the conversation with Louisville is like worst power five team in the country. So there's been some moments where I'm kind of iffy on, on Arizona generally i like them and i i like them at home but i i don't i'm i've got no appetite to bet against tennessee right now and i i'm guessing you're going to take the other side of that i love arizona uh and i am not really as in love with tennessee i even outlining tennessee and i think defense is sometimes a little bit hard for me to rate um but and they're really great at it for sure. But I, I have big questions about the Tennessee offense. I feel like going into Tucson is going to be, I honestly, like when you projected the line back to me, I wanted to make sure that I was correct uh, on where the game was being played. <laughs> Cause I was like, maybe it was in like in Phoenix or something like that. But I mean, going into that stadium is going to be really, really difficult. I think. Um, and I got to say from, from my, I guess, handicap of this matchup, just from a cursory glance um, is how is Tennessee going to score here? Because we don't really trust them to shoot jumpers. Um, they're going to be very small considering Arizona has basically got sequoia trees in the middle. Um, yes, Kirk Risa could potentially be a big loss, but I think that makes me like Arizona even more because I imagine the line will reflect that. 
I feel like Arizona can score against everybody inside. Uh, and I don't know that Tennessee, even with their good defensive like game plan, there's just so much talent in the interior for Arizona. Um, it seems like their losses have come when they don't shoot the three well, which is a big concern for sure. Um, but I just don't know that Tennessee, especially on the road, can really cause that many problems for the Arizona big men. And, and then how does Tennessee score on the other side? So uh, again, you you hit it right on the head. Arizona, uh, definitely where I'm looking for and hoping for something less than a possession. Yeah, and Arizona, I mean Tennessee's offense is not pretty. And if you look at Ken Palm adjusted efficiency on offense, they they rate 48th. But most of that rating comes from they get to the free throw line a lot, and they're a great offensive rebounding team. So they create extra possessions. None of it comes from good shooting because they they're not they're not a good shooting team. They they don't get points the easy way. Uh, everything is a, a scrap and claw for them. So if they weren't elite defensively, they would be just basically a bad team, but they, sh- they move the ball really well. Uh, and they, they seem to find a way. So I, again, it's this, pr- this is probably a, a sit back and learn game for me. Um, but I I think I lean to Tennessee here. I, I especially if Crease is not available. I think they they have real problems. And you're right, Arizona struggles when they can't hit the three, and Tennessee's the best three point defense in the country, holding opponents to twenty percent from outside. So it's it's certainly a good matchup. It's it's going to be fun to watch. All right, let's get to those best bets. Before we do, though, do you have a coupon code for the people? I do, and I'm glad you're letting me be Robin Hood here. Uh, It really makes me feel good to give some holiday cheer uh, to everyone out there celebrating or not celebrating, scrooging or grinching, whatever you're doing. Use the promo code CBB college basketball 23 and you get 23% off for all listeners. Good for seven days from this podcast release. Um, so right up until Christmas time, you can get AJ's plays. Uh, tell them, is there some UFC stuff coming up over the holidays? UFC this weekend, yeah. There we go. Um, I'm finishing out the World Cup, a really good run so far. Very sad to see it go, but everyone that hopped on for the soccer brigade, uh, including getting AJ Hoffman, the AJ Hoffman, to host one of our shows, that was awesome. Um, looking forward to that coming up. And, of course, right as college basketball season's heating up, um, you can stay away from your family for a little bit and play our basketball <laughs> plays if you want, but use the promo code CBB 23, 23% off. Um, I don't know that I've seen a, 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 a easy for me to say a coupon code at this high. Usually it's only 20%. So get it now. Um, we're giving you some extra at pregame.com for the holidays, um, save you some money uh, and you can spend it at Best Buy. There you go. And it's your last chance to get into the uh, the bowl pick em car, or like the bowl pool on pregame.com. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go to pregame.com, hit contest. First place is $500 cash and $500 in bulk dollars, and it's free to enter. So uh, jump on that as well. All right. Like I said, we sweep the, the, the best bets last week, which I think is the second time we've done it this year. It is. Um, and I'm on it. I'm riding a hot streak right now, four in a row. I uh, I think I'll take the honors here, Griffin. I want I want to get this good. out of the way. I'm going to go with Utah minus three at BYU, and I've come around that the Utes are better than I thought they were at the beginning of the season. I I had my doubts certainly, but you have to respect what they've done. The only losses have been to a Sam Houston State team that I I think is better than you know their name brand is certainly, and a three point loss to Mississippi State, and both those losses came on days where Utah shot really poorly from outside. 
They are an excellent three-point shooting team. They're shooting about 39% from outside this season, 27th nationally. BYU ranks 313th against the three. So I don't think this is going to be one of those nights where Utah struggles to hit their shots. Uh, I, I, I think BYU just has a hard time sh- scoring inside against this big Utah team, and they can't score outside. They're 327th shooting the three. Their home court isn't as strong against Utah because Utah's used to the altitude. BYU just lost at home by 15 to Utah Valley. Uh, and I think their price is being boosted a little bit because they just beat Creighton, which sounds on paper or looks on paper like it's a great win. But Creighton right now with no Kalkbrenner is nothing like beating this Creighton team early in the season. Utah already has some solid wins. They got a win over Arizona I mentioned earlier. They got a road win at Wazoo. I think this is a good chance for the Utes to get a win over a rival that is clearly in a down season. I've said before, I think this is a, I, I think this BYU team is not only like a bad for BYU standards. I just don't think they're very good at all. So I like Utah minus three for my best bet this week. And I said scary. We alerted, uh, alluded to that earlier in the show. I said scary just because I'm expecting the Marriott Center to be bananas because it always is. Um, especially for Utah. But um, unfortunately, the fall from grace for BYU from being a team that looked like an NCAA tournament team um, February of last season, and then literally the, the wheels have fallen so far off that I wonder honestly about Mark Pope's job, and I wonder what that's going to look like. He seemed like the perfect guy to step in there, uh, and then it has not gone well for him. But uh, I'll take the mic back, and, and for my best bet, I'm going to go the, the Southern Cal Trojans. They're playing Auburn on Sunday at home. Um, and AJ's projection really surprised me as USC is an underdog. Um, I feel like we'll give that out, but I'm honestly looking to back USC up to minus three. And here's why. So I feel like USC is constantly undervalued. I don't know exactly what makes them disliked by so many of the advanced metric system. I guess they don't shoot very well, but um, they are gigantic inside. I think they're going to cause a lot of problems for an Auburn team that really can't shoot and an Auburn team that really just wants to run and try to make everything as hectic as possible. I don't think that works really well against the zone, which I think you'll see a lot from USC. Um, it's not maybe it's because it's not a pretty game of, of basketball that Andy Enfield plays, despite his shot doctor reputation. Um, but I feel like USC was very undervalued last year, um, and they did lose some great talent this year to, for sure. But I love the combination of Drew Peterson and Boogie Ellis in the uh, in the backcourt. Um, and I just don't think that this Auburn team is anywhere near where this record, I think at 12 and one makes them look, I, I watched the the Georgia state game last night. Um, I don't see any sort of offense from them. They can't shoot. So they're going to have to cause a ton of turnovers. And I feel like it's a hard thing to do on the road. And it's really hard to play as physically as they do away from home. Cause that's when you get the refs uh, blowing their whistles. So um, I'll play USC up to minus three, um, hoping that you can grab them as a, as a pick them or potentially as an underdog. Um, I'm very interested in this one. Sorry that it's a Sunday play, uh, but that was my favorite one to look at this weekend. Yeah, I think what's interesting about this matchup is whoever wins, it's going to be their best win of the season. So both these teams have played meh schedules. And the few times like when USC stepped up they in the in their MTE, they played against Tennessee and Wisconsin. They lost both those games. Uh, Auburn, kind of the same thing. The only the only team they've really, I guess, if you want to consider Memphis a step up game, they lost that game. So this is going to be a a, a big feather in the cap for whoever wins this thing. I, I guess you know Auburn beat Slew at home, although I, I'm not sure how good St. Louis is anymore. 
So I, I think this is a, a real measuring stick for both these teams. Um, but I do agree that if, especially at a dog price, I, I like USC as well. All right, that is going to do it for this episode. We hope you guys uh, enjoy the start to your holidays, and we will be back on Sunday. We will give you another episode before we uh, before we leave you be for a little while over the holiday season. Uh, we're not sure what the schedule will look like uh, over over Christmas break, but we'll we'll figure something out for you guys. We won't leave you hanging for too long. We actually may do a show next Thursday as well, uh, but either way, we'll we'll discuss it. We'll figure it out for you guys. But we appreciate you guys uh, riding with us. We appreciate you guys listening, telling your friends. Uh, For Griffin Warner, I'm AJ Hoffman. Thank you, guys. We'll talk to you next week.